skeletons that dance, goblins that read gothic romance on a stage werewolves maraud as an audience of vampires applaud such spooky sights to be seen. Welcome to Halloween. Well, thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and we're very glad to have you for uh, our month of spookiness, which we are doing in honour of Halloween. Welcome to Halloween. <laughs> right, that's going in the, in the intro. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to take that sound and put it everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Always happy to help. Hooray! <laughs> right. um, so, uh, it, it, in case people haven't listened to your previous episode, which they 100% should have, guys, you're slacking. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yes. For a refresher, would you uh, could you let us know a little bit about yourself? If you haven't read the website, then I'll just tell you, my name is Garen Whited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm trying to be an author. Uh, so far, I'm like nine books or so. So I'm making it a real, I'm giving it a really good shot. Okay. Yes. I'm trying really hard. Uh, another book coming out soon, by the way, but uh, anyway, we, we could expect that since I have seven books in a series already and it hasn't ended. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, um, for me personally, again, I'm trying to be a writer. I'm doing it full time. Uh, single white guy lives alone, owns a chainsaw, a shovel in a basement, nothing to see here, moving right along. Um, my uh, my main series is the Night Lord series, <clears throat> starring a vampire who didn't want to be one, and is doing his best to cope with everything that has gone wrong in his so-called life since then. Uh, I have a post-apocalyptic science fiction novel. I also have uh, a straight-up fantasy novel, uh, Dragon Hunters. Fairly typical. Guys go out, try to kill a dragon, it eats them. The story goes on from there. How do you feel about the holiday Halloween? I think it's a lovely time of year. I mean, people get to dress up the way they actually want to dress and not get stared at for being weird. If I want to wander around outside wearing full armor, people are going to go, ah, Halloween costume instead of interesting fashion choice. (laughs) Um, And when the stars align properly, it's a a great night to summon things man was not meant to know. I mean, you know how it is, especially compared to the rest of the year. Ooh, look at the weirdo. Ooh, doesn't he dress funny? Ah, the tentacles, the tentacles. You know, <laughs> Halloween really lets people be people instead of good little drones in their social construct. Because, well, the holiday is all about, you know, what if, what could have been, what might be, you know. And even if it isn't, it's fun to pretend. See, depending on where you're coming from on that. And and, and now that I, I, I know some small people that I can escort on Halloween so I get free candy. So what, what's not to love about this holiday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are of the opinion that Halloween is a glorification of paganism. The symbolism is the small children would dress up as monsters, boogeymen, whatever, and you would appease these spirits by giving them gifts usually of candy and things like that. And then you would be guaranteed that the spirits or the fairies or whoever they were supposed to symbolize uh, wouldn't bother you for the rest of the year. The Christian roots uh, in Halloween are very evident and prevalent. The the day itself, um, the the, the monsters we choose to dress up as often harken back to medieval and ancient fears that people had. Mm -hmm. There have been cross cultures of holidays and of spooky monsters. So mm-hmm. I know that uh, South American tradition has had a huge impact on the modern day Halloween. 
Oh, yes. And, and one of the things that amuses me a lot is that you get, uh, even, even, not just at Halloween, but in various form, in various stories, you can find that uh, many characteristically uh, Western culture, European monsters uh, have sometimes either encountered or kind of been hybridized yes. with monsters from other cultures as well. Mm-hmm. So you, you wind up with uh, not not just uh, not just vampires, but uh, vampires that bear some strong resemblance to uh, Chinese versions of yes. vampires. Basically, you get uh, multiple versions thereof, as though there are many different species and a whole you know ecology of monsters living kind of semi underground, concealed from the general run of humanity. And that's not a spooky or scary thought at all, is it? <laughs> not at all. What do you think about it really inspires creativity in people? Well, I think uh, I'd say it's the way it encourages people to think outside their normal worldview. Halloween says something more like, hey, uh, now that you're done with your daily work, maybe we can talk about monsters. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I get it. There are no monsters. Fine, fine, fine. But what if? Mm, What if? See? So, so, so when half the unseelie court shows up on your porch, do you give them candy? The answer is yes, mm-hmm. you definitely do. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just me, but it's like I want them to regard me in a positive light. And when yeah. the neighborhood kids show up going trick or treat, um, I'm going with treat because there are more of them than there are of me. I don't know if Americans have an equivalent, but in Britain, mm. we are encouraged to, we call it guising in Scotland for one thing. And we are encouraged to, you don't get sweets until you sing a song or do a dance or tell a joke. Basically, you have to literally sing for your supper. You mm. perform. And and basically for baby theatre kids like me, this is like, ah, my time has come. <laughs> I understand. Yes, absolutely. I, we, we don't uh, we don't generally have that here in the States. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never heard of anybody actually doing it. Mm-hmm. OK, so here in the here in the States, you come up, you, you ring the doorbell, you knock on the door, whatever. The door opens. You look at whoever's in there, hold out the bag, trick or treat with ah. the clear, you know, clear. Clearly, we're we're blackmailing you for candy. I mean, that's just how it is. It's in the statement. So the one thing that I think most people who celebrate Halloween around the world have in common is the costumes. Oh, know? yes. Whether it's your, your parents teaching you how to make the costumes or uh, like the little boy in your story, the one who probably makes them themselves. For mm-hmm. me, that, that is a really powerful first, a first way that a kid is shown, hey, you can make something. It, it also, it also, I think, encourages creativity in that you are, you are especially children, uh, are inspired to play pretend. They're usually playing some sort of game and one of the uh, one of the more common ones is we are all going to pretend to be someone else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a superhero. I'm the supervillain. I will be the cowboy. You will be the Indian. This this goes yeah. back, you know, as far as uh, as far as humankind does in that we pretend and that's part of our play. Um, yeah. and, and on Halloween, well, it's allowed. I mean, even the grown-ups get to play. Yeah, like hey. most, exactly. Most adults will open the door and they'll be in costume. You know. Yeah, see, there you go. Absolutely. See, I always dress like a serial killer because we look like everybody else. It's a low-budget costume and it doesn't give anything away. I, I mean, there's a never, anyway. Never mind. Uh, but anyway, the, the the point being is that uh, it inspires creativity from the word go right there. Because what am I gonna be for Halloween? Yes. And you get to do this every year. 
So, hey, I, <clears throat> I have no problems with this holiday whatsoever. I'm totally behind it. That was a really key thing in, uh, in, your, in your story. This little boy, he was in a financially mm-hmm. difficult situation. But still making the effort. Yeah, like he tried. And mm-hmm. on Halloween, thanks to a little bit of assistance, he genuinely got to be something else for a mm-hmm. little bit. And, and, and w- another thing, one of the things I did with that story is I turned it around a little bit. Mm. Eric is actually a vampire. Yeah. He really is a vampire. He uh, opens the door, sees the kid asking for candy. Wait a minute. Isn't the vampire supposed to be going from house to house asking for candy? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the guy going, that's a terrible costume, but you try. That shows <laughs> effort. I, I like that kid. Hang on a second here. I'm going to help. Yes. See. Do you have a favorite monster? I tend to think of monsters in in, in some literary terms. So what do I want the monster for? Okay. I mean, I'm quite fond of the monster under the bed for conversational purposes. I can't tell you how many times I've lain there in my own bed, having a conversation with a guy who's like, you know, quietly sitting underneath it, all eyes, all hands, all mouths. He's just listening. He's like a good psychiatrist. He just sits there and, you know, whatever you want to talk about anything. Uh, He's helped me with He's helped me with a number of plot points. Um, Vampires are great for the whole smooth, cool, social monster stuff, unless you're Eric, in which case he has some issues because he's not really all that good at it. Um, You want bloodshed and gore? I'll take werewolves. They are fantastic at that kind of thing. It's kind of the whole primal, bestial, rip it apart kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, for all around perversity, creativity, and versatility, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the chief monster of all is humans. What kind of spooky or scary media has influenced you and your writing? Mostly the classics. I mean, you've got Dracula, you've got the mummy, you've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all, all of that stuff. Uh, Vincent Price, pick something oh, with him in it. I mean, yes. th- th- there's, there, there's the guy right there, you know. Absolutely, um, adore that man. Yeah. Th- th- then you've got uh, th- then you've got things that are a little bit more humorous, uh, kind of like uh, the, the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. The movie, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Kiefer, Su- Kiefer Sutherland, I think it was, yeah, you know that kind of thing. A, a, a slightly different take on on vampires, and with a bit of a twist ending. Uh, but in general, it was more funny than horror. Although yeah. there were some horror elements and moments. The things that I find interesting are the vampiric parallels to syphilis. Also, drawing on monsters from that area of the world. Vampirism, uh, it vampirism, I'm told, uh, is uh, is really a metaphor for disease, uh, because you know people didn't people when they invented vampires didn't really think in terms of disease vectors and what have I caught and that kind of thing. Mm. All they saw was that something happened that. Uh, took the life away from even the young, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, this is awful. What is this? You know, uh, mm-hmm. the, so disease had a hard time getting into your house unless you invited it in, meaning you don't invite strangers in. You don't let the, the animals into the house. You lock it up, you lock it up and kind of, I don't want to say quarantine, more social distance in those, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Um, once you, once you caught it, someone else could catch it. So vampirism was kind of like a disease and that it could be spread from person to person, mm-hmm. you know, and so on. Uh, garlic, silver, purified or holy water, uh, disease couldn't cross running water. I'm sorry. I meant vampires Ah. because so many of the things that were good against vampires were also kind of antibacterial. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, you know, there you, there you go. You get your antibacterial hand wash loaded into the super soaker and go to town on the vampires who are then, ah, it burns, it burns. Well, yeah, it's hand sanitizer, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, of course, you get the one vampire going. Your technological marvel is harmless against creatures of legend and magic. Great. Out comes the Zippo. It's also flammable. <laughs> what? Wait, no. <laughs> We're both uh, fans of Terry Pratchett, and I adore what he does with vampires. The, the, the fact that he blatantly calls out belief is such a powerful force. Yes, one, one, of, one of the things I really loved was uh, the, the, head, the, the head vampire in one of the books is, has been uh, getting used to various symbols of various religions. I think that you was know, Carpe Jugulum, wasn't it? Tra- Carpe Jugulum, that see, seize, the, seize the throat. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, later on, uh, it turns out that all this, you know, learning about all of the various symbols of the various religions uh, has turned into more of a problem than a benefit. Because after a while, I get used to seeing the the holy horns of Om or the or the or the or the sacred cabbage of whoever and so on. Uh, <laughs> eventually, they start realizing that they can see these symbols just as patterns in everyday life. Okay. You see those cracks in the wall that kind of form the shape of the star of, oh man, it's a holy symbol. No, it's just a natural crack in the wall. But, oh, now I can't unsee it. Ah, oh, get it away. You know, suddenly they're seeing them everywhere because now uh, I'm too familiar with them and they all burn. No. Yeah. It, it, I'm retiring to the castle and never coming out again. <laughs> In a way that that does parallel um, maybe sort of mental disorders like neuro, like anxiety uh, and uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, where you're finding things to be afraid of in very well-known spaces. The other thing I love is one of the things that most people are saying, most people have kind of accepted now is that addiction is a form of, of illness. It's not like, oh, they were just lazy or, oh, they just were too indulgent. No, that was pro, that was a, yeah. Well, in many in many of the more modern uh, vampire stories, you'll find that people do become addicted to the vampire's bite. Mm. They want to do it again. You'll find you you get uh, vampires who are uh, perhaps not the head of a cult, but uh, the key figure in a, in a large group of people, mm. all of whom know he's a vampire or she's a vampire, depending. Uh-huh. Um, they but they 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 want to come back again and again and hope that they will be chosen to be bitten and fed on repeatedly. Wait a minute. That's an addiction. Hold on. You see, so the the, the metaphor still holds. Completely. Um, uh, And not to constantly talk about Terry Pratchett, but I could for hours. Uh, I understand completely. The black riveners. Yeah. They've sworn off blood. Yes. Like, 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 uh, yeah, it, it, they're they're very much a parallel to uh, to alcoholics in many ways mm-hmm. because the vampire is addicted to blood. Mm-hmm. He's sworn off of it, and so long he's never touching another drop again. He just it's an absolute no, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Ba Blood Drinkers Anonymous, something Bloodsuckers Anonymous, something yeah. like that. But yeah. And actually, in Reaper Man, there is uh, a group a little bit like that where the um, not quite exactly the same, but they. Um, uh, creatures, undead creatures, uh, meet mm-hmm. up and discuss the, the discuss what's going on in their everyday life. Yeah, they they have their little AA meeting where it's like, yeah. okay, so you know, I did, I, I want to go up on a rooftop and wail on this guy's house, but then somebody's going to die there, and that's just, that's just wrong. But the yeah. urge is so terrible, I want to go. And they're all like, you can do it, Bob. It's fine. You, you no problem. You did a great job of not doing it last night. You're going to do a great job of doing it of not doing it tonight. 
<laughs> one, one, one step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think that that's, for me, uh, that is one of the m- wonderful things about Monsters Storytelling Halloween. We can explore topics that we find it difficult to talk about, like addiction, like mm-hmm. maybe certain forms of mental health disorder. And modern people can take these monsters and go, okay, I'm going to use this to talk about how I feel or how this is like often in, in media nowadays, the monsters are the heroes and it's not hard to see why, you know, yeah. Who, yeah, who can't relate to feeling like they can't express themselves, like feeling that they, yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've just wanted to like go out, find somebody and rip their throat clean out. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, not really so much the bathing and the spurting blood. I mean, you know, there are forensics involved, but, you know, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. nevertheless, the throat, it's a thing. I did, you know, everybody's had that impulse, no matter how many times they've acted on it. You know, they've had the impulse, you know. I'm sorry, whether or not they've acted on it. Well, we, you, know, I didn't, I didn't, mm, we're gonna you keep constantly revealing yourself on the show, mate. It's- <laughs> mm, you put me in front of a camera and a microphone and what happens? Well, I'm fine. I see how you are. <laughs> So for for people who love Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. which of your writings would you recommend that people read to get in the mood? I love to have a huge build up for Halloween, which is one of the reasons I do this. Most of them, as a matter of fact, because Eric is in most of them and he's a vampire. And how does the vampire cope with being a person uh, as opposed to, well, I'm a monster. No, I'm, 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 a, I'm a guy. Who happens to have you know a dental problem uh, that is you know so, so, sometimes very obvious and hard to ignore? Um, uh, there are at least there are at least a couple that are actually labeled for Halloween. Uh, one of them is uh, the one we've already mentioned, Halloween 1956, mm-hmm. um, with uh, Eric you know being just some guy living on a street and the kids come by and they do the Halloween thing, and then he goes, "I think I'll help out," you know from a vampire perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and uh, there's another one on the website, uh, garenwhited.com, uh, under the bonus stories called The Love of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's another straight up Halloween story. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those, those would be the main ones, I think. Where can people uh, go to hear more from you and keep up to date with your work? Well, um, clearly I have a website, again, garenwhited.com. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. There are a couple of, uh, there are a couple of fan groups for the uh, – there's the author fan group, and then there's a spoiler fan group. So uh, mm, not as many people in the spoilers group for some strange reason. It's oh. almost – yeah. You, mm, but uh, if, if, you've, if, uh, if, if and when you've read all the Night Lord books and you've gotten to that point, then it's like, okay, I'm all caught up. Let me go to the spoilers group. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, and, then, and then there's some discussion about things that are going on that other people might not have read yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, if you're looking for the books, that's easy. Just go to Amazon, put in my name, put in the word, one word, Night Lord. That'll bring up the whole series right there. You can track me down from that. It's really, it's really pretty easy. I've worked hard at making it easy to find me, which is weird since I'm kind of a recluse. So, hmm. <laughs> Also, um, Audible, a lot of your uh, – I, th- I think all of the Night Lord books are all, on All of the Night Lord books are presently available on Audible. That's correct. They're read by mm-hmm. Sean Renette. Sean Renette. Uh, he does a wonderful job of bringing bring Eric to – audible life um life in quotes but still life yes he's he's around yes exactly um he's also 
on uh, not Audible, but Odd Fans, I believe. He's actually read some of the Eric Short stories as well, oh. and those those are free. I mean, you just go to Odd Fans, find them. That I, I, it, it's a complicated link, but I know it's there. Uh, look for my name. Look for Sean's name. Look for Night Lord. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 free to download. You can listen to it whenever you want. It's got three stories, four, something like that. He mm-hmm. he, he they're, they're, I believe they're all Eric stories. So yeah. Garen, thank you so much for coming to speak to us and thank you for helping us celebrate Halloween. Well, I'm delighted to be here and I'm delighted to help celebrate Halloween. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more of Garen's work at his website, garenwhited.com. I'll leave a link in the description. If you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject you'd like us to cover, then contact us through our Facebook page or Twitter and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production. 